You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves. I hope everybody had a nice... It, Monday was a holiday, apparently, Tim, but I didn't get the memo. You're a Canadian. You should have known that. What holiday was it again? Canadian Thanksgiving. It was Canadian Thanksgiving, but here in the States, it's like something... It was Columbus Day, then they changed it to National Indigenous Day or something. I don't know. They, there was they moved around holidays. I don't know what it was, but welcome back. We're we're back from. I I didn't recognize any holidays. I just went on. I went on living my life, Tim. You know, no days yeah. off. I had a full day of work. Someone uh, DM'd me asking if if you were having me over for like for the holiday dinner or something, and I was like, I don't think he's celebrating. But if he was, I don't think I would get the call anyway. You ate thanksgiving with us one year i thought or christmas dinner christmas, or something christmas, yeah. yeah so please don't please don't say that you're part of the family always have been always will be but i i used to celebrate canadian thanksgiving when i first you know moved over to the states but gosh that's 20 years ago now i've been in the states full-time for 20 years it's wild stuff so we we do not do the canadian thanksgiving only half of my kids have canadian citizenship it's just tough submitting all that paperwork every two years, you know, I, I did it for the first two and I think I got the t- twins Canadian citizenship, but I still have two more to do. And it's just exhausting. It's like, you got to get the paperwork, fill it out. You got to file it, everything. You got to dot your eyes cross. It's just a lot. My wife's not Canadian. I, hers is even harder. Cause she's not by birth. It's by marriage. It's a lot. So, and we don't want to go to Canada as it is right now. Cause my parents, they're still locked down. They can't go anywhere. So why would I want to go to Canada? I'm like, no, thanks. I'll stay in Michigan. Don't have to wear a mask to go to the restaurant. All right. So how was the weekend, Tim? I got to see you, which was beautiful. I got to see your brother and his fiance. That was a lot of fun. We got to go to Hoplot and chew it up a little bit and stare down guys who were swearing next to my kids. It's always fun. The the threat of a fight with my little kids right next to me. It's it's fantastic. But yeah, yeah it was it was funny. That was a rambunctious crew next to us, and they were just swearing and effing and jeffing. And at one point, like they like were wrestling and almost fell on our table. And John's like, all right, Tim Declan, knuckles off, rings off, watches off. Let's let's go. Let's get ready. And then, uh-huh. uh, but it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. They, they, uh, my brother had been a couple of times. His fiance had never been. So we kind of did a lot of touristy stuff with hiking and riding bikes and brewery hopping and winery sightseeing, all that. It was supposed to pour the whole weekend. It ended up being beautiful. So it all worked out and they were pumped to finally meet you as well. Yeah, it was a nice night. We had a good meal. The kids were somewhat well behaved, but yeah, what I used to, what I used to say when I was growing up, I used to have one nice thing growing up. It was a watch my my parents bought for me when I was like fifteen. It was a big deal. And so one time I got into a, like a fisticuff, and my watch came loose, and it almost almost fell off my wrist. And after that, every time I knew we were going to get into a little tussle downtown at the bar, I would. I tell my friends, I was uh, I'm t- watches off, fellas. You don't want to lose your watch in a fight because after the fight, you get kicked out of the bar and then you can't get your stuff back. So I'd say watches off, tuck your chains in just, you know, you don't want to lose any property. So I would, you know, sure enough, one thirty rolls around. My watch is in my pocket, firmly secure. And it's, 
putting the women and children in bed, go looking for trouble. Like it was just, it was a weekly thing. And I just, I learned my lesson one time. I almost lost this nice, nice citizen watch. I still have it to this day, but it, you know, you got to take care of your property. Cause I, I, you know, I, I wasn't a big chain wearer, but that was my thing. I didn't want to lose it. So it's just, I'm being prudent, Tim. I'm being very prudent. I, I've seen some people wrap their watch around their knuckles. I'm like, you're going to break your watch. Why would you do that? You're going to have to get a new watch. Yes. It inflicts a little more damage, but at what cost, how many watches do you own? You know what I mean? So, and then I always thought that was dirty. I remember in high school or was it in middle school, grade eight, there was a big, it was a big deal. There was going to be a fight after school and everybody was geared up for it. you know, remember in middle school or in high school, and it was just like, they're going to fight after school. And it was like, everybody talked about it and everybody knew about it. And there was like the big circle. And one guy had a lighter and I didn't know why. And he had a lighter in his hand and he gripped it. And then after the fight, like, he's like, yeah, it, it makes your hand stronger. It gives it like something to grab onto. And it's like extra weight behind your hand. And apparently it made a big deal because he really cut the guy open. But anyway, so that's just growing up in Canada. It's a little different than, than, than the soft Boston neighborhood you grew up in. It's just a little more tougher. You know what I mean? You don't understand. Uh, I don't was. think our lives could have been more different. No, I you don't know what? We ended up at the same place. So we did. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Well, you started from the top. Now you you moved down a little bit to meet me here, but we're here. Anyway, so that was my weekend. It was nice to see you. My wife took the three, two older, one little, to like a, a retreat at some convent in Alma. They had a great time. They're back. I, you know, I fell off a ladder. That was fun. I was putting on a putting up my last window in my house, and I was like fifteen feet up. Ladder gave way and down I go. You saw the injury, almost busted my leg. It was traumatizing, but we we dust dusted the leg off and put the window window up. But it was it was a quite the fall I had, quite the spill, you know. But how does living. something like that happen? You just don't know how to secure a ladder properly, or what? There was no real good spot to anchor it, and it was a driveway, so it was concrete. I'm like, gosh, I don't want to put the ladder right in the middle of the garden because there's flowers on. So I, I put it, the angle was too great. So instead of being like a, a solid, what's a good angle to have it at like 65 degrees, you know, pretty, pretty erect, maybe 70 degrees. It was more at like 45 and it was just extended way out. And I got up and I was putting the trim on and the ladder just slipped out because it was on the concrete and it just slipped out from underneath me. And I was 15, 16, 17 feet up down she goes and i'm two every bit of 280 pounds now so <laughs> it's quite the crash but you know didn't break a bone knock on wood it was good it was a good fall when i got up finished putting the window up and away we went i should have parked my car behind the ladder that's what i should have done to support it just in case it does give way it doesn't slide right out it wasn't not a smart move by me not very not very prudent not very smart that was my weekend got the window yeah. in even though i was uh hosting this weekend i was still on social media because you know the, the content never sleeps and i had to say we were kind of blowing up but not in a good way because last week we posted some bold predictions and both of us had the prediction the capitals wouldn't make the playoffs and they were going to see a steep drop off the big difference being you think Ovi wasn't going to have a good year I, I said he'd still score a bunch of goals but um caps fans were furious we posted the clip our friends at hockey fights posted the clip I'm not kidding. We got more than 100 responses calling you a moron, saying you didn't know what you were talking about. Your your takes were just as bad as you were as a hockey player and all this stuff. And people were seriously, like, really upset. And it's funny because I don't think it's really that bold of a prediction. 
I mean, do you like it? I don't know. Do you stand by that? Well, uh, I, I think people are very, they love their team, right? And they're protective of the Washington Capitals. It's a very strong fan base. When you used to go there, it would be like a sea of red. It, it was very intense when you used to go to Washington. The place was rocking. They love themselves some caps. And like, I get that. And then you, you, you're allowed to be protective as a fan. I, I love the feedback. There's no such thing as bad press unless you're Vander Kane. But it, it's, um, it's expected. But I, I also think people don't like to face reality, especially when it comes to sports teams. Every fan wants their team to have a chance to win it all, especially when, you know, they, they won that cup in 2018. So they, they got to the, the apex. They, they won the cup. But you know what? It's the truth. Washington, there's a really, really good chance that they're not going to win the Stanley Cup this year. And part of it is the division they're in. Obviously, that plays a big factor in it. They're in one of, if not the toughest division in the NHL. If they were in the West, it'd be a completely different story. They'd make the playoffs. This wouldn't even be an issue. But they're going to be playing pretty good competition night in and night out. And they really did nothing this offseason. What moves did Washington make this offseason that made their team better, Tim? Can you think of one? Did they did no. they sign anybody that I don't know of? Did they go out and make a splashy trade? Did they did they improve their players? Did they get some kind of youth serum that they gave all their players to make them younger and better than they are? I don't think so. Alex Ovechkin is 36 years old. And okay, he he has defied odds the last few years where he's still been producing at a high elite level even though he's got, you know, 32, 33, 34, 35, he's still producing insane amounts of goals per year. He's gotten, let's see, like 24 and 45. He's got 48 the year prior, 51, 49. Those are outstanding numbers for a person of his age. Will that continue? You know, he's 36 turning 37. He's going to be 38. You can't continue to bank on Alex Ovechkin defying the odds year in and year out. Like it's, it's just not smart. And to give him that contract, I get you want to keep him in the fold. He wants to retire Washington Capital. 10 million bucks for a player who's 36 years old on a five-year deal. That's a lot of money to keep him around until he's 41. You think he's going to play out that contract and that's going to be a good contract for him. But let's just focus on this year. Even this year, he's making $9.5 million. He's going to be 37 years old. You think he's honestly going to produce at a pace of 35 goals? You can honestly say... He's going to get 35 goals this year, unquestionably. That's, I think that's insane to say that. He's going to be 37 years old. The reason I say that is this. Backstrom, is he going to play this year? No one knows his status. He's been you know, kind of the ghost in camp. Is he going to play? Is he not? What, what's his injury status? No one knows. Evgeny Kuznetsov, he had a terrible year last year. I'm plagued by controversies, injuries, this and that. All these stories coming out about him. You know, the, the feedback's been good with him this offseason. You know, he, he's driven. He's hungry, as Tim likes to say. He, he's, a, he's a different player. He's out to prove something. He's still making a boatload. He wants to justify that contract that he's getting, and he wants to solidify himself back in the, the top tier of players. That's great to say, but is it going to happen? Is Kuznetsov the guy who's going to take over Backstrom's spot if Backstrom comes back? Because that's a big if. And you can't have Kuznetsov being the player that he was last year you need him being a point-per-game guy, and he hasn't been that in a few years. And then after those three guys, there's a, there's a drop-off. And, you know, Washington used to have that supplemental scoring. You know, they used to be able to throw out two, three, four lines that were good. 
is TJ Oshie the same guy he was four years ago when he was 30 years old and they were winning the Stanley Cup? No. You know, he, he's got some miles in that body. Anthony Mantha, that was a terrible trade they made last year. I, I just don't think they got better. They got Lars Eller, Tom Wilson. He will start to wear the way he plays the game. He's, he's already lost a step in my books, watching him in preseason, watching him last year. You can't play that punishing style of hockey year in and year out and expect to maintain the same speed. We saw with all these power forwards, Lucic, and even I played with guys who weren't as talented, but who still play that same punishing style. You lose steam pretty quick. You're not the same. You're not quick on the first step. You're not in on the rush. It's hard to play that way. Um, Lars Eller, like I said, he's older. He's 32. Carl Hagelin, he used to be up and down the ice like a bat out of hell. He's he's lost a step. They don't have an exciting roster. Like, are there young guys? Their young guy on their roster is Daniel Sprong. He's 24 years old. They don't have any exciting guys who are 21, 22, 20 years old that they can just plug in and away we go. And like, this is this is our future. They don't have that. The youngest guy in the roster is Martin Fahirveri on the back end, and he might not, you know, make the opening day roster. I'm like, I just don't know why Caps fans are surprised that any person in their right mind would say Washington won't make the playoffs. It the writing's on the wall. They've been a first round eggs the last few years. They're uninspired when they're on the ice. They're getting older by the second. And when you look at their back end, who who on their back end scares you other than John Carlson? Tim, anybody? No, no. They traded I mean, Orlov, Schultz. Def- yeah. yeah, their no. best defensive defenseman, Brendan Dillon, they lost. They traded them away. And they're left with a bunch of guys who are offensively minded defensemen. Like Schultz is he's an offensive guy. Nick Jensen, he's an offensive guy. Carlson's an offensive guy. Olaf kind of plays the D, you know, a little bit solid in the D zone. Van Riemsdyk's been around the block. He's not like he's 30. I get, I get the criticism, but I think people need to take, take a step back and look at their team. It's like Washington's going to be in, in tough this year. And it's not like they're going to get to play the, the California teams of the world and just get easy Anaheim games left and right. Sure. They get to you know, get the Detroit's and Buffalo's every once in a while, but you still get to play the Islanders, the Rangers, the Penguins, all these, the, like all these great teams night in and night out. And I, I don't see it happening. Washington. I really don't. I'm sorry. I know. What do you think, Tim? I've been babbling on. I just, people need to take a chill pill. Like Washington is a good team. They just won't make the Stanley Cup this year. Who cares? No, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're even going to be in that fifth spot, like fighting for the playoffs. I think they're going to be probably six. My, my, my bold prediction was that either the Devils or the Blue Jackets finish ahead of them, but most likely the Capitals are ahead of those guys. But I got them behind Flyers. I got them behind the Penguins and certainly the Rangers, Islanders, and Hurricanes. So, yeah, I don't think it's that bold to say they don't make the playoffs. It's just a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, I, I do think the top three teams will be the Rangers, Islanders, Hurricanes. Those are the top three. And it'll be a dogfight for that last position with the Flyers, Penguins, and uh, Capitals. I don't think the Devils or Blue Jackets are going to be any good. So it'll be a dogfight for that last spot. It'll be very interesting to see how this shakes out because, gosh, it, any one of those three teams we talked about in the last episode, they have a boatload of UFAs and they're high-end talent. And if one of those teams is out early, it's going to be a fire sale because I don't see Philadelphia holding on to their UFAs. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to hold on to them. They have no allegiance to those guys. Malkin's going to be out the door. Latang's going to be out the door. I would love, I just, it's going to be so exciting. I don't want to, we went down that road last episode. If you didn't hear it, check out the last episode because there's a lot of guys and there's a lot of parts in motion here. If these teams are out early, you could, you know, get one of those players for a pretty, I think, I don't want to think you would have to give up a lot to get a Claude Giroux. 
I don't think you would have to give up a lot to get a Yevgeny Malkin. I don't think he's garnering a first rounder. They're older. They have some injuries. They, they, they aren't going to get the first rounder. Like you're going to get for a Sam Reinhardt. Who's in the prime of his career right now. So there's a lot of interesting things that are going to happen. The first 20, 25, 30 games of the season. If you find yourself out of it, there's going to be some moves and it's going to be very exciting. All right. Caps fans, just relax. You know, I, I love the passion, but like, Buckle up. You know what I mean? It's not going to get better. Like you're, you're not going to all of a sudden turn the corner and then in next year, you're going to be right back in the thick of the competing. You're going to be a bad team. Like this is your future. You have no exciting players. Like I said, all of your guys are locked in for the next four years. Oshi, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Novechkin are locked in for four years. Mantha and Wilson are locked in for three. And all these guys are 27 years old plus and the last time i checked my watch a player is in their prime from 23 to 27 28 that's like their prime age it's not looking good for washington and that's the price you pay like i've said over and over again it's the price you pay for winning a stanley cup they got their cup now this is the medicine they have to take because you're locked into these guys i that contract to ovechka that they just gave him you know loyalty is good but when you look at the teams who are really shrewd about their contracts, no team in their right mind is giving Ovechkin a five-year contract for $9.5 million when he's 36 years old. That's insane. He's going to be 41, 42 years old, and he's going to be making $9.5 million. That's a lot of, that's a lot of money. And even if he does retire, like you're still on the hook for some of that. In the new CBA, you don't just get that money absolved from the from the cap. I think you get a little bit of a break, but you're still on the hook for a lot of that. And Ovechkin seems like the type of cat who's just going to stick around. You know what I mean? If he doesn't have that goal record, he's going to stick around, man. He already said it in an interview with ESPN. He's like, "What if you're one goal back and you're 42 years old?" He's like, "I'm going to sign another deal. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that record." So. I do think he's got that drive to beat Wayne Gretzky. We'll see if it happens, but it could be just a massive Achilles heel to the Washington Capitals, even more so than it already is. Like that contract's going to be terrible next year, and it's going to be just an abomination in three years. Like you just wait. It's going to age really, really badly, and it's going to age really, really quickly. I, I don't see him. I don't see him topping 30 goals this year. That's just, I think that's crazy. Come on. He's going to get 30. I, I think, think he's so. still a top five goal scorer. Mm-mm. I don't think he is. I don't think he is by by any stretch of the matter. Yeah, he he's a good. He's a he's the best goal scorer in in the history of hockey. In the history of hockey, there there has been no one better than Alex Ovechkin. But as I don't know who said it, Father Time never loses, and he's getting a little long in the beard. He's not this young Russian rocket to coin a term from Pavel Burry that we we saw you know ten twelve years ago with him. He he age will catch up with them and teams are going to focus on, they have no one else to focus on. What other threats does Washington have? They're going to crowd him in the, in the power play. He's not going to be able to get his shot off as much as he used to anymore. I just, I just don't see it happening at 24 last year at 48, the year before 82 game season, he averages 50 goals. I think he's going to get 30 this year if he's lucky. So I'm entitled to my opinion, capitals fans. So stuff it. And uh, if you got a problem, just email Tim. Tim at uh, so, who gives a crap.com. So staying within that division, the Rangers obviously just signed Mika's advantage over the weekend to an eight year extension at 8.5, which I think is a pretty team friendly deal given the numbers that he's put up, um, which means they have to be officially out of the Eichel talks, right? Well, without a doubt. Yeah. 
if they were ever really in it. And I don't think they were. Maybe they were using it as leverage to Zabinajad. Maybe not. But I don't think they were really a suitor for him. I know there was chatter between the GMs and this and that. Who knows? But I'm telling you, Eichel is going to end up on the West Coast. I've been saying it all along. He's going to be in L.A. or he's going to be in Anaheim. I, I've been really pushing L.A. I think it's one of those two teams that he ends up with. But I've also been hearing rumblings that Calgary's been kicking the tires on Eichel a little bit. So we'll see if he ends up in Calgary. How fun would that be? Maybe they that could try cool. somebody out of there. But uh, this definitely does, you know, put a chink in Buffalo's trade options. You know, the more suitors you have, the better. All of a sudden, this just takes one less bell at the ball. So there's there's not a lot of people asking you to dance anymore if you're Jack Eichel and Kevin Adams. So th- this does affect them a little bit, but this is good for the Rangers. I think Zabinijad is a very good player. You know, he he struggled at the start of last season, but gosh, the last month, month and a half of the season, he kicked it in the high gear and he was one of the best players in the NHL. So he still finished for, for all his struggles the first two months of this season, he still was a point per game guy. He finished with 50 points in 56 games because he went on a tear. Remember he had like five points in like three consecutive games where he just like, boom, I'm back. Who knows if it was his COVID complications. He obviously struggled with that a little bit, but he, he's do, looking good in camp. The last three years, he's been one of the top five players in the NHL potentially. So I like this. This is a good deal for them. He should be making Panera money. Like he should be making 10 million bucks. I don't know how he gets the $8.5 million contract. That's a, that's a steal for the Rangers in my mind. So this, this sets them up. I like the Rangers. Everybody likes the Rangers. They are the very trendy play right now. They, they've made some good moves this offseason. They signed Barkley Goodrill. They got some sandpaper. Ryan Reeves, we'll see if he comes back. His knee, did you see his knee when it twisted up a couple weeks last week? Oof. Yeah. That looked brutal. Ugly. It looked really, really bad. Did you think it was um, on purpose? Subban kind of left his foot dangling there. Not I want to. I mean, I want to believe it's not. I don't think Subban's really that type of player, but he's also been in the league long enough where he knows how to control his body in the corners. He knows like what he's doing, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't think he had intent to injure, but it sort of looked like a slew foot. I agree. I don't think he intended the the outcome but he definitely knew what he was doing with his foot. Like you go into the corner thousands and thousands of times, you know where your foot is. I used to do that move. It gets to forward off balance. You get control of the puck and away you go. Like it's a very simple thing to do, but yes, obviously the result of the play is, is bad, but PK knew what he was doing. And the whole aftermath with the crider and the fight and the jumping and the joke, like, it was pathetic. That fight. Like it, it was absolutely pathetic. Subban, oh yeah, now I'm going to fight and he sprints over and headlocks him and throws him on the ice. He's like, give me a break. Like, don't no, we don't we don't need that in hockey. It's a waste of time. So the, the we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Rangers' potential captain, whether or not they'd have one, and they officially over the weekend named six guys as alternates, saying they wouldn't start the season with a captain. Now keep in mind the name that you thought would probably be the best choice as. The captain, the guy with the C. I'm going to read off these names here. You tell me who's missing. Mika Zavanajad, Chris Kreider, Jacob Truba, Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strom, Barkley Goudreau. Any any names missing there? Yeah, the the one obvious is the the reigning Norris champion. It's it's. I don't understand it. I don't understand why you don't have a captain. Why? What what is why? But how is he not even one of the guys, six guys wearing an A and he's not one of them? Because maybe they're they're lining him up to be the captain next year. I don't know. He is the obvious choice. He's your best player on the back end. You can't give it to Panarin. He's already declined it. 
Zabinajad would be a decent choice. I wouldn't mind if it was him. He's locked in there long-term. He's an older voice in the locker room. I don't understand the reasoning behind this. It doesn't, I've been on teams that didn't have a captain. It's, it's stupid. It, re, it really is. You need that guy. You need to have a captain. I know it's kind of a, an outdated thing. And, you know, we have a leadership core. We're all leaders on this team. You need a captain. You need a guy to follow in a battle. It, 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 it matters when you have a team and you have a captain, that's your guy. That's the guy that rallies the troops. You know, that's the guy who follow me boys, you know, you either you're on the bus or you're, you're under it. Like that's, that's how it's going to work. So I don't under, I don't like this move by Gallant. I don't like it by Drury. I don't understand it. Maybe they wanted, they really want Panarin to be captain and they're, they're trying to convince them. Maybe next year they'll give it to him, but who knows? There'll be three A's on the road, three A's at home. They'll alternate. It'll be great. Everybody has an A it's everybody's happy. So it's just this new age of kids. I don't understand it. You know, it used to be an honor to be, to be named a captain of a team. You know what I mean? There used to be some, some respect to it and value and people really wanted to be a captain. Like I remember when I was growing up, I always wanted to be the captain of my team. I think there, it held weight. There was a responsibility to it. And now nobody wants to have that responsibility. Everybody just wants to just go out and have fun and play their game. And it's like, I don't understand it. I don't like it. I don't think it's a good move. I don't think it's good for their team. I think you need a captain. And I think Adam Fox is the guy. He's from the area. He just won the Norris. He's 23, 24 years old. He's, he's, they're going to re-up him. He's still got one more one year left on his entry-level contract. So he's going to sign a big eight-year deal. So he's going to be there for the majority of his career. Why not? I don't, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't understand. I don't like it. But whatever. The Rangers, are, they're set up nicely. I like, I like their roster. They still have some cap money to spend, which is kind of cool. Like They still have $8 bucks of cap space. So if they really wanted to get Eichel, they could make a move for him. They're losing Strom off the books next year. That helps, but they do have to sign Fox. They do have to sign all these young guys. So maybe they can't make that work. All right. Moving on, Tim ESPN plus. Have you gotten it yet? Oh yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You can watch all the games you want. You can watch any market you want. It's just, it's the best thing going. You don't have to do it from your TV and sit down and watch all the commercials. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on your iPad. You can get it on your computer. It's a beautiful thing. It's a must-have for all hockey fans, ESPN+. Plus. I didn't have cable last year. I got ESPN+. Plus now. I still don't need cable. It's a beautiful thing. You get more than 1,000 out-of-market games. You get 75 weekly games. That's just the NHL. That's not even talking about all the other sports, all the other things ESPN has. It's fantastic. Get their 30 for 30 library. It says all these, all the great content ESPN has. Anything you want, it's there. So check it out, especially this week, because you know why? There's a doubleheader tonight, Tim. It's it's the opening of the NHL. If you get ESPN Plus now, you get to watch the doubleheader between Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and the new franchise in town, Seattle Kraken, and the old franchise in town, the Vegas Golden Knights, a new rivalry. So check it out. Go to ESPN Plus, sign up, tell them we sent you. You get all the NHL games in market, out of market, everything you want. You get the 30 for 30, all kinds of fun stuff, and tell them we sent you. ESPN Plus, baby. All right. I, I'm excited for that because I get to watch all the hockey games on my uh, iPad. Yeah, which, who do you like for the games tonight? Pittsburgh versus Tampa and Seattle versus Vegas. Well, I'll tell you what. Pittsburgh's going to have a tough start to the season. They really are. I, much like Washington, I don't like Pittsburgh this year at all. And I know I said that last year and I said it the year before. Pittsburgh manages to find a way to win. I don't know if that's just a Sidney Crosby effect. But boy, oh boy, 
they're not looking good, Tim. They are not looking good at all. I, I don't like what they did this offseason, which is absolutely nothing. They are saddled by all these long contracts. I just no, excuse me, not long contracts, just just bigger contracts with the Zucker, the Gensel, the Crosby, the Malkins, the Latangs. Uh, I'm taking Tampa Bay. I, I think Pittsburgh's going to miss the playoffs as well. But it, it's just going to be – I'm more excited for the later game, the Vegas-Seattle. The only thing about that game is this, the COVID thing. Five players aren't making the trip. McCann, who else is Alexia? Alexiak, yeah. There's a couple of high – and McCann was their first-line center. So they're missing a lot of guys from that uh, COVID hit. Who knows how that's going to play out. But it's exciting. Hockey's back. What What is really exciting is – we're back to normal. We've had two years of truncated season. The first year they had to stop. And then who knows if the season's going to, you know, come back on. I called it. I said, they're, they're asking the players to come back. No one gives me props for that. They know last season we didn't have a training camp. We were right into the, the separate divisions. No one traveled. We're back. Everything's back to normal. The players had a normal training camp. We have an 82 game schedule. Hockey is back. We get to travel around. Fans are going to be in the buildings. I think that's the one thing to be excited about. The players had a chance to just really just get into their normal routines. And it's going to be exciting to see players back 100%. I don't think people understand how much a routine matters to players. And when you kind of shake that routine a little bit, it does affect the player pretty, pretty, pretty greatly. So I'm excited to see how this season goes. I hope there's no COVID, you know, upticks we saw it in dallas last year they lost a couple weeks we saw it in vancouver they lost a couple weeks every team seemed to have their covid hit but um it seems like everybody has it figured out except for seattle they lost five guys who were fully vaccinated by the way so it's not like the players were unvaccinated so i think we might see a little bit of that but it's it's going to be an exciting season i i really excited to see everybody back in their divisions see how seattle does but as for the picks this tonight i'm taking tampa bay and i'm taking vegas i think vegas is a juggernaut seattle's missing some players and tampa they're just they're going to be good i I like their team they're going to always be competitive so those are my two picks generally speaking what chance do you give to seattle to have uh an inaugural season season similar to vegas you think they can kind of catch magic like those guys did or no i don't i don't think they'll catch the same amount of magic i think vegas they really did well in the expansion draft when when they had their draft they they got some really high-end talent some skill i don't think seattle had the opportunity to get as much talent as Vegas got because GMs were maybe a little more wiser to the game where they started dumping players off before the off season. They, they made a lot more moves, so they didn't have a lot of guys exposed, but I think Seattle will make the playoffs. I think they're going to be right there competing in the Pacific division. It's, it's a blessing they're in that division because it isn't as competitive as the East. So they're going to have the opportunity to make the playoffs. You know, they're, they're going to be playing some weaker competition, but yeah, I, I do think, I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll squeak in on the fourth spot. I think they'll outduel the the LA Kings and the San Jose Sharks and the Anaheim Ducks. I think the the teams will be Vegas, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Seattle. You know, and they're going to have to fight with Calgary. It'll it'll be a dog fight, but I think Seattle they got a good team. Very defensive. They're not going to blow people out of the water with you know up and down the ice. They're going to play a nice, responsible game. Haskell's a good defensive coach, so you know it'll be good for them in the first season if they don't they'll be competitive. They're not going to, you know, be a step behind everybody. They got a good team. I like what they've done. They, 
they're smart with their draft. They didn't, you know, throw a bunch of money at people just to get exciting players. They, they did it smartly. They have a couple bucks left in the bank and they can make moves at the deadline if they need to. They, they're very, very, very good moves by Seattle this offseason. Ronnie Fanson's did a good job. So I'm going to kind of run down just a couple of quick lists of, of stories that we're kind of keeping an eye on this season. The first is really looking at last year's Stanley Cup final between Montreal and Tampa Bay. Can, can the Habs repeat that success? Can they kind of, I don't know if, if they're, I don't know if anyone, if many people have an earmark for another Stanley Cup final appearance, but they could be. And I think, you know, Carey Price's injury will kind of be the, the story to watch there. And what are the chances that Tampa does a three-peat? I mean, who, who do you give a better chance of returning to the Cup finals this year? I, I give a better chance to Montreal. I like really? what they did this offseason. Yeah, I, I think they made a lot of good moves. I think you're going to get Jonathan Duran back. We talked about this a few episodes ago. They, Mark Bergevin, I know he's, on, he's you know, on the hot seat right now. He, he needs to win a Stanley Cup, basically, for him to keep his job this year. I, I think this is his last year in Montreal, even though, in my opinion, the last two years, he's done really, really well. He's made a lot of great moves. But if you look at the players they added this year, they got Christian Dvorak. I think that's a steal. They signed him to a really good deal at 4.45 for the next four years. I think that's a great deal for Christian Dvorak. They, they get Jonathan Duran back, like I said. They bring in, um, who do they get? Hoffman, who's, who's a really good player. They get Matthew Perot. I just like their, I like their team. I think they're going to, you know, outskate teams. They got another year under, like another year older with Suzuki and Caulfield. They just have a really good team. And like you said, it's going to come back down to Carey Price. I think Jake Allen, he will be able to hold the fort for the first month, but he's not a he's not a starter. I don't think you can just put all your eggs in his basket. If you find that Carey Price is going to be out for an extended period of time, you have to address that. You have to make a trade. Call up uh, Yaroslav, not Halak, uh, Tuka Rask. Say, hey, Tuk, what are you up to, bro? You, you have to get a player in there who you know can be just a, not a brick wall back there, but a guy who you know you can get consistent play out of on a night-in, night-out basis. And Jake Allen might be able to do that, but He's been a backup his whole career. It's a different animal when you're the starter and you're playing more regularly. You're playing two, three games a week rather than one every two weeks. So it's a little more wear and tear on the body. Maybe he can step up to the plate. You know, they gave him that big deal. They protected him in the expansion draft. So they do see something in Jake Allen they like. And we'll see where it goes. But I like their team. I really, really do. They lost Shea Weber. They still have Petrie. They got Chariot. They picked up David Savard. So is it Chariot? Chariot? Sherat. 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 Close. I butcher your names. It's not good. But yes, so to answer your question, I think the probability is for Montreal to get to the cup finals in Tampa Bay. We asked I, Frank's I want to ask you one. I want to ask you one. Yep. How far does Toronto go? Do they do they win a stand did they win a playoff round? Do they go to the Stanley Cup finals? Do they win the Stanley Cup? You're 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 locked into that network, Tim. You're like a Toronto insider now. How far does Toronto go? Do they do they save Kyle Dubas's job and win a couple rounds? Because they have to win two or three rounds to to make any kind of impact on that team right now. Well, I I don't know if that's true. I think just winning one round and getting that bear off their back. I don't is that an expression? Bear monkey monkey. <laughs> I don't want to butcher these expressions so often. Uh, but if you look at that division, it's it's Boston, Montreal, Tampa, and Toronto, and Florida. Florida. Those are the and those are the five teams that are going to be in the playoff mix. And we, if you just said Montreal is going to be one of those teams, who's the odd man out? Do you, do you pick the Boston Bruins to miss the playoffs? I don't. I, I 
I could see the Habs easily missing the playoffs too, just as easily as they can go on another deep run. So for much for Toronto, it's like, who is their first round matchup going to beat? I don't know that they can beat Tampa in a seven game series. I don't know if they can beat Boston. You know, we've matched against them four of the last five years and they always lose. So I think the first round matchup for them is going to be crucial. And I, I could, they can beat the Canadians. I think they could probably beat Florida, but I don't know. So I think, I think winning the round for them is going to be huge for they get the monkey out their back to get their confidence up to maybe buy a little bit of, of, uh, of leeway from the pressure. I don't see them going on a deep run yet. I think Frank nailed it last week when he said, I think they, they're not going to go from not winning a round to being cup contenders. They got a, a couple years of one, maybe win a run round or go on a, a run next year and they win a two or three. And then finally they kind of get into that, that the deep playoffs. But to answer the question, I do think they went around and I do think, I think just one round, I think, I think one round and then, back to the drawing board for next year. But, See, I but that's, with that. that's, that's a big step though. That's a big step. I disagree, especially for I disagree with you and Frank in that regard. I think if they only win one round, Dubas gets fired. This team was not built to win one round. This team is not there just, to, Oh, you know, you know, this is a, this is a little success and we're going to build on it. They've been, this is four or five years now in the process to, to coin the Philadelphia 76ers, the process they need to make, a move right now. Like there, there was no next year. This, this has been a half a decade in the making. So if Kyle Dubas and the Montreal or Toronto Maple Leafs don't win a round or two or three, he's, he's gone. And I think he knows that. And this is not his fault. Like he's done everything he can to put players in a position to succeed. But at the end of the day, you can only fire the coach so much. Like he, this, this is his coach that he handpicked. He, he came in, there was Mike Babcock, much, you know, celebrated, signing when he signed there for that big contract, got rid of him, got his guy. Sheldon Keefe is tied to Kyle Dubas. If Toronto doesn't succeed this year, you can't fire Sheldon Keefe because he's your guy. You got to fire Kyle Dubas. That's Brennan Shanahan's move. So, and, and it's not his fault. He has done everything he can to surround the top core guys, the Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander with players who compliment them. You know, they needed, they needed some sandpaper. They went out and they got Wayne Simmons. They needed him some better in leadership. They got Bogosian. They got Thornton. They got um, Jason Spezza. He did all of these things that everybody thought, and myself included, were just fantastic moves. They needed some defensive help. They go out and get Jake Muzzin. They, they get TJ Brody to compliment Morgan Riley. Like they do everything perfectly, but it still didn't work. So what's, what's the, what's the problem? Nobody knows, but the next Axe that falls, it's Kyle Dubas. So if, if they, in my opinion, and, and this is me, if they don't win two or three rounds next year, at least two, they have to win two rounds. Dubas is gone. If they get past the first round and flame out in the second round, he's still gone. They have to show some, some massive signs of improvement in the playoffs. And like you said, this division is hard for them. For some reason, they can't get past Boston. They can't get Pied Tampa Bay. I don't, Hopefully they're hoping they play Florida in the first round. And and the way I see it now, the locks to make the playoffs in this division are Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Florida. Those three are locks. I think they're going to all three do really well in the regular season, obviously. And Montreal and Boston are going to be fighting it out for the, the last playoff spot. I don't see Toronto's going to be first in this division. I think Florida's going to be really, really good. I think Toronto's going to be second or third. And they're going to they're end up playing Tampa Bay. And it's just going to be like, here we go again. So I like Toronto this year. I think they're going to, potentially make the Stanley cup finals. I, I do think they're going to have a good run in the playoffs and Dubas will save his job. But if he doesn't, he's gone. You, you have to switch it up. You can't get rid of your players. When you have three guys making $10 million plus, it's not like you can go in and go, okay, 
Like we're, we're going to get rid of one of our top guys. No one's going to make a trade for them. And you don't want to trade your guys, Marners and Matthews. Those, those guys don't grow on trees. They're very, very solid players. So we'll see how it plays out, but Dubas has done a great job, but someone has to go when you're not winning. You know, it, it's a game of Stanley cups. And right now, Toronto has no Stanley Cups to show for it. So you can't just keep trotting out the same group year after year. You have to mix something up. So that's just, I, I disagree with Frank in that regard. I don't disagree with Frank very often, but that's, that's the way I disagree. And the sad thing is you take any one of these teams and you put them in the Pacific division and it's a completely, completely different conversation. Toronto makes a Stanley Cup if they're in the Pacific, potentially. I think they're better than Vegas. You know, did maybe they're just as good as Colorado. The East is just so stinking strong right now, and, and it's hard to get out of there. Tampa Bay is always going to be a hard out for Toronto. Boston, for some reason, has their number, regardless of who's on Boston. It's it's a hard out for Toronto in the East. But if you throw them in the Pacific Division, it's it's a no-brainer. You even throw them in the Central, it's a no-brainer. They can beat Nashville's and Dallas and Arizona and Chicago and St. Louis and Minnesota. Like they are a top team in the West. Does it? Can you wrap your head around Tim? How bad the Pacific Division is? Like, does has that sunk into you? How how bad they're going to be compared to the East? I would say like what four out of the top seven teams or top bottom seven teams are in that division. Um, Kraken kind of being the unknown, but the Sharks are bad. The Kings are bad. The Ducks are bad. The Kraken are an expansion team. Calgary, no one knows what to do with. I, yeah, I mean, the Canucks were a bottom five team last year. So, yeah, this is the worst division by far. And it means, like, there's a good chance, like you said, like Vegas, Golden Knights, I don't know if they'll break any records, but they're going to have – they're going to win 50 games this year. And, yeah, it's just any other team. I think I think the Atlantic, now as I'm looking at it in front of me, I think the Atlantic is going to be the hardest division to predict because, like, those teams I just listed, Boston, Florida, Montreal, Tampa, Toronto, one of those teams isn't going to make the playoffs. Like, how do you – how do you pick? Who do you eliminate? It's impossible. Um, so, but that's why they play the games, right? So it'll be fun to kind of watch how this plays out on ESPN Plus, by the way. I think you can justifiably, and in the West, I'm excluding, I'm going to exclude Vegas and Colorado because those are the two outliers. Those guys are, are very, very good teams. If those two teams are gone, every other team in the West, if you put them in the East, they're in the bottom bottom half there's 10 teams that are better than every team in the west in the east right now so if you just did a full season of all 32 teams there's 16 teams in each conference i would say 10 10 of the top 12 teams are in the eastern conference i think philly new york tampa bay montreal toronto boston carolina the islanders the rangers florida pittsburgh even washington all those teams are better than every team in the west except for Vegas and Colorado. So there, there is a, uh, it's, it's slanted towards the East right now. And it happens, you know, 10 years ago, it was slanted towards the West when all those California teams were on fire. Vancouver had a strong team. It, it just, it ebbs and flows. It's funny how it works, but you, the one thing the West has going for it is sushi. And I tell you what, I wish I would have known about DoorDash when I was playing in the NHL, because when I would have went to Vancouver, I would have dialed up the sushi app I would have just gone to DoorDash on my phone and just, it, it would have been sushi through the door for days on end. I love myself some sushi from Vancouver. I would have went to California. I would have got barbecue. I would have got tacos. It would have been fantastic. And so that's what we need to do. I need you, my listeners, to go to DoorDash and order all you can. If you're in Vancouver, dial up the, the app, use promo code GLOVESDDUS. 
If you're in the U.S., use promo code GLOVESDD if you're in Canada and just gorge yourself with food. If you're in Vancouver, get sushi. If you're out West, get whatever you want. I don't care, but just go to DoorDash, use our promo codes, get yourself some food in your belly. Tell them we sent you. It helps us. It helps you. DoorDash is the best, Tim. They're the best in the business. You can't beat them. And uh, it's, it's a good thing. You don't got to leave your house. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's honestly one of the best inventions that's come from the internet to get door, food delivered to your door. It's a no-brainer. You use our promo code. You get 25% off your first order. You get free delivery. We're saving you money. It's like your first order is for free. So check it out. Use our promo code, GlovesDD in the state in the Canada, GlovesDD US in the United States. Bingo, bango, bongo. All right. A couple more things I want to I end on. You see our, our friend of the show, Brian Boyle, signed with the pens. Why? Love that, love that for him. Why? Why do you love that for him? He's a great player and a great guy. I like, I, I, I wish him well. I want him to succeed. So what's, what's the, is, is he hoping to just have a good season and tie on with the Stanley cup contender? That's gotta be the reason, right? I think he's 36 years old. I don't know how much he's even planning on playing. I do know that the, uh, the pens are, are pretty shallow down the middle right now with Crosby and Malkin both injured. They're going to have Jeff Carter, who's 35, whatever, playing first line minutes, most likely. So I think it's just center depth. Um, he showed that he can still be effective. He played in the international tournament last year for team USA and, We'll see if he's still got anything left in the tank. Another veteran on a PTO. And instead of signing, got released. Uh, Bobby Ryan, your boy, got released from the Red Wings. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, our boy. You love him, too. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I, this is a bummer, especially because um, they've got some injuries on that roster. Jacob Rana was out for it looks like four months or something. So I, I would have thought Bobby Ryan would have made that team. But um, they've got some young kids. <laughs> including uh, Lucas Raymond, who's a rookie, first-round pick two years ago. Um, looks looked really good in camp. I think he made the roster over Bobby Ryan. I would imagine someone's going to snag him up, though, right? You would think so. He had a decent offseason or a preseason. I think he played five games. He had four points, two goals, two assists, so he still can contribute. He's a good guy. You can throw him on the third line, put him on the second power play unit. He does have some value, so I do think he'll tie on somewhere. Where that is remains to be seen. Um, speaking of captains, First captain in Seattle Kraken history, Giordano. Good decision, bad decision. I don't Great know, you decision. Like it? I mean, yeah, he's he's the obvious choice there, I think. And I don't have it in front of me how many years left are on his contract. I wonder who's like the long term captain on this group, the long term leader. But right now, Giordano for sure is is that choice, and it's pretty cool to be. I mean, it's a history in the making, so it's pretty cool for them. Yeah, this he's in the last year of his deal. So he's 38 years old, turning 39. So this might be a one-year, one-and-done kind of captaincy. I think long-term for Seattle, maybe you're looking at a Jaden Schwartz. He's signed for another four or five years. There's not really a guy you can look to on the forward group who is a, a leader who can kind of garner that kind of respect. Maybe you give it to another defenseman, a guy like uh, – who's the tall guy? Jamie Oleksiak. You know, he's a taller dude. He's there. He signed for a long time. So we'll see. But I, I think this was a no-brainer. You pick Mark Giordano. He's the guy he's been a captain for the better part of two decades, it seems like, in Calgary. So good for him. Good for Seattle. You, you need to have a captain. It's, it's a no-brainer. I don't know why the Rangers don't just give someone the seat. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Big signing out of Florida. He was going to be this guy. Barkoff. If he didn't sign in Florida, GMs were going to be lining up around the block to get this guy. He is one of the most unknown, underrated superstars in the NHL. And because he's kind of tucked away in Florida, no one talks about him, but he signed an eight-year, $10 million deal. Florida is very happy to get that done. Barkov is probably really happy to get that done. What do you think of this signing? Is I don't know. What do you think of it, first of all? 
yeah, I don't think there's ever a question of him not returning. Like, he's the cornerstone of that franchise. He's the captain. He's their star player. He has great chemistry with Huberto. You know, all the signs just pointed to him returning. Um, pretty good deal. I mean, when the way he impacts the game, not just offensively, because he can put up, like, 90 points, but he's also arguably the best two-way shutdown center in the league as well, if not in the top three or five. And, yeah, so it's a good deal. I think it'll hopefully age well. He's still, what is he, 28, 29, something like that. Yeah. Um, and now he's making 10 sheets a year in Florida with this no state tax. I mean, how much of a difference does that make when you're talking about this kind of money? Well, it's a massive deal. You're saving compared to a New York. If you're in New York city, you play, excuse me, when you were there, when I was there, I, I paid 20, I think it was 24%. And then if you lived in the city limits, which most guys did, you pay an extra 5%. There's an extra like 5% living in Manhattan. So you're getting 30% taken off of your check right out of the gate. And in Florida, you don't have to pay that. Like, so I'm not a mathematician, but 30% on 10 million bucks, that's $3 million you're getting over basically playing in Florida and the living costs are cheaper. Everything is better in Florida. I I, I know if, if I'm a player and I'm a free agent, I'm calling the Panthers, the Tampa Bay lightning and the Dallas stars, those are Dallas stars. Those are my first three calls. Cause you don't have to, you're making so much more money. So good for Florida. Good for Barkov. He is he won the Selkie last year, right? Like he's such a good player. He 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 gets over a point a game. He's very underrated. He's their captain. I like this move for Florida. I'm telling you what, Florida's going to be in the mix for a Stanley Cup this year. If if Bobrovsky can play the the way he's capable of playing, and even not last year, Spencer Knight played great down the stretch. So I like Florida. They're very very quietly assembling this team, and plus they got my guy Joel Quinville behind the bench. So. We'll see how Florida is very exciting for them. Very exciting for Barkov. What else? What else do we got, Tim? I just want to remind our listeners to check out the T-shirts with our partners at Violent Gentlemen. I've been wearing mine most of the weekend. I got lots of compliments on it. Super comfortable. It's really sleek looking. You can support the show. So visit violentgentlemen.com or see our social media page. You'll see our links to it. It's really good looking. You won't. I mean, you'll, you'll get compliments on every time you wear it. So check that out. You for sure. Don't lie to them. You won't get compliments every time you wear it. Uh, yeah, you will. Unless you wear it. You don't leave your house. Well, I'm just, I don't want to set expectations. It's a nice looking shirt. I get compliments every time I wear it. So it's, it's not, (laughs) it's not like an over the top exciting shirt. It's a very basic shirt, but I like it. You're so underselling it, John. You're very humble, but it's a beautiful shirt. Well, I don't want to just, it'll catch people's eyes and just, you're the center of attention when you wear that shirt. Some people don't want that. Uh, I think you won't be the center of attention. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a very nice shirt. The good thing about the shirt, it's very well made. Like it's a nice fabric. Usually when you buy shirts, you don't know what you're getting. Violent gentlemen, they do a good job of picking quality shirts. And then that's important for me. Um, no tag in the back, tagless shirt, which is all, always a bonus. And it's it's just a I don't know. If you don't want to buy it, I don't care, but it's a good shirt. I'm not I, I don't like selling stuff. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But anyways, that's all, Tim. I gotta get back back to doing nothing. Yeah, I'm going to go work a full day. Well, I hope everyone's doing well. I know I am. I will. Um, fantasy fan track starts tonight. That's excited. Check your roster. Make sure you're all locked in, ready to go. The NHL is in full swing. We'll have a lot to talk about. Maybe get some interviews down the line. Queue up some guys. It'll be fun. Hope everybody has a good day and a good week. We will talk to you. When are we going to talk to him next, Tim? It's a weird truncated week. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow, everybody. So anyways, have a good Tuesday. Happy Thanksgiving. Belated to everybody in Canada. And we will talk to you later. Cheers, everybody. 
Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.